Hi, and welcome to the Palliators Podcast. I'm your host, fellowship-trained hospice and palliative medicine physician, Dr. Tara Kateen. This podcast is for healthcare professionals who want to become more comfortable and more confident in caring for their chronically ill and terminally ill patients. With the help of the physicians who trained with me, we hope to provide education and to promote palliative care one podcast at a time. We're so glad to have you here. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited that we're doing this 10th podcast. You know, I so wanted a lighthearted topic, but I kept coming back to constipation. I guess there's some middle school humor in there somewhere. But you know, constipation is one of the most common symptoms that our patients experience. It's also one of the symptoms that I see providers commonly prescribe Docusate for, and that's a medicine that has very little evidence of effectiveness. And there are other medications with a much higher level of evidence sitting on the shelf. It's been a hot topic for me for some years now. So when I see Docusate ordered for a patient, especially someone who's gone several days without a bowel movement, I have to work hard to control my annoyance. And then I take it on as a great teaching opportunity. I see it so much that I thought it would be a good idea to talk about constipation and effective treatment in a podcast. But before I go on, you know, let's be clear. You know, this podcast is about relief of constipation. This isn't about treating patients with a bowel obstruction or a malignant bowel disease. That can be addressed at another time. So let's talk a minute about constipation and why it's important to treat it effectively. It's a major concern reported by 32 to 80 percent of patients. In palliative care patients who are treated with opioids, the prevalence is 83 to 87 percent, and it's 61 to 63 percent in patients who are not treated with opioids. It's also common among patients in nursing facilities as well. Apparently, it's not uncommon among celebrities. Singer Marvin Gaye had said, I wish that being famous had helped prevent me from being constipated. Now, we can describe constipation from two different points of view, because the way patients perceive it may be different than the way the healthcare world perceives it. Patients think of constipation as small, hard stools that are difficult to pass. But I think most doctors would describe constipation as having fewer than three bowel movements per week. The Rome criteria gives a formal consensus definition of constipation. I'll put a link to it and to our journal references in our show notes on our website at thepalliators.com. So why is it important to manage constipation? Well, it can lead to a variety of health issues. Let me call out a few of them. There's fever abdominal pain, back pain, sometimes shoulder pain, loss of appetite, delirium, nausea and vomiting, urinary tract infections, hemorrhoids, there's the risk of impaction, colon ulceration, and overflow fecal incontinence. And as you might guess, constipation is associated with the poor quality of life. It's also associated with increased hospital lengths of stay, and a higher inpatient mortality. So if we want our patients to feel good and not present to us for treatment of one of these other problems, we really need to work to prevent or treat constipation effectively. You've probably seen the Bristol stool scale that shows stools of different quality and appearance. 
Now, my favorite depiction of the scale is the cartoon version where the stool wears sunglasses and a smile or a frown. I can put a link to the Bristol stool scale in the show notes. Our goal is to have stools that look like the one shown in the fourth image of the scale. Now, I don't want to be gross, but it's a picture of stool that is smooth and sausage-like. But if you're in healthcare, I bet you've heard and seen a lot worse. Even Oprah's been quoted as saying, everybody looks at their poop. So what do I have against DocuSate? Well, first of all, there's no consistently good evidence for its effectiveness. An article in the Journal of Gastroenterology outlined the evidence for DocuSate as grade 3, level C. My own experience treating constipation is consistent with this. DocuSate is supposed to add water to the stool to soften it. Sometimes I'll tell my residents that if DocuSate is softening a person's stool, it's due to the water they drank to swallow the medicine. A study published in 2013 in the Journal of Pain and Symptom Management compared two groups. One group had senicides combined with DocuSate, and the other group had senicides alone without DocuSate. They compared stool frequency, volume, consistency, and completeness of evacuation. And there was no significant difference between the groups. Having said all this, I need to tell you that I've known people who swear by their DocuSate. They think it really works for them. That's when I pull out my smart alecky line and tell them it's the water they down it with and not the DocuSate. Now, an article I really enjoyed that I've shared with others is called Missed Opportunities to Deprescribe DocuSate for Constipation in Medical Inpatients. This was published in 2016 in the American Journal of Medicine. This article was to address the continued prescribing of DocuSate or the failing to deprescribe DocuSate to cut down on polypharmacy for hospitalized patients. It would appear that healthcare providers tend to continue DocuSate in transitions of care, including discharge from the hospital. This is in spite of the lack of good evidence for its use and the good evidence for other laxatives. The authors call the lack of deprescribing ineffective medications as, quote, prescribing inertia. This may be due to the favorable safety profile or the lack of a desire to change their practice, or it could be the honest belief that it's useful. We can help our constipated patients by not prescribing DocuSate and also by taking the next step of deprescribing it. Then we can prescribe a laxative that actually could be effective. So many of our patients have a diminished appetite and generally are prescribed multiple medications. With the multitude of medications they are prescribed, they are more susceptible to noncompliance. Doing what we can do to reduce their pill burden and simplifying their medication regimen can help them more easily manage their needs and live better. This also could free up some room in their stomachs that could be filled with a food or beverage. So what do we do about constipation, and what has good evidence for treating it? First of all, knowing the etiology is always helpful. For example, if there's pelvic floor dysfunction, biofeedback may be most helpful. Otherwise, I look to prevention as being best, but then sometimes it's unavoidable. A good diet while staying hydrated and getting exercise is a good start, but that's not always possible in the chronically or terminally ill. Patients taking opioids, as you know, are at significant risk. Let's talk about what has the highest level of evidence for treatment. For osmotic laxatives, there's polyethylene glycol, 
lactulose, glycerin, sorbitol, and magcitrate. For stimulants, the highest level of evidence has been with bisacodyl and senicides. Then there are the bulk-forming agents that work by expanding with water. They bulk up the stool. I tend not to prescribe these agents as much because you need to be sure to have adequate liquid intake. Without enough fluid intake, patients may get bloated and have worsening constipation. These are the preparations that are called psyllium, calcium polycarbophyll, methylcellulose, and bran. As for prokinetics, the best evidence, and I'm going to use the brand names for these because I don't want to mess up the right way to say the generic names. These are Zelnorm, Linzess, and Amatiza. Now for intractable opioid-induced constipation, we have methylnaltrexone. It's a peripherally acting mu receptor antagonist. It can do wonders for folks in whom all else has failed. Because it's peripherally acting, patients don't lose the analgesic effect of their opioids. So, I hope you got some good information and tools for treating the dreaded constipation. I'll be sure to put links to the articles in the show notes on our website, thepalliators.com. That is T-H-E-P-A-L-L-I-A-T-O-R-S dot com. Go there for the straight poop. And now it's time for our reflection. It comes to us by way of the late Robin Williams. It goes like this. There's three things in this world that you need. Respect for all kinds of life, a nice bowel movement, and a navy blazer. Well, that's it for today. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a good review and rating in your podcast app. If you have suggestions or comments, please visit us at our website, thepalliators.com, and drop us a line. And by the way, we're getting some more Palliators buttons. If you send us an email through the website, we can send a button to the next 20 people who contact us. You'll need to include your address in the email for us to be able to send you the button. Thank you for being with us today. Until next time, bye for now.